the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. It's the Combat Cast. I'm the man to call Dave. We got Chevaruni here. All right, everybody. A little uh, discussion today. Hey, already in the comments. Dave's back. Yeah, I'm back. I won't talk too much about it today. I am going to probably on a future episode. But for those who don't know, Joe had mentioned earlier, I did have a family emergency this week. My mom had passed away. There will be a funeral this week. So... Guys, we gotta, we're throwing this episode together a little bit today. <laughs> we were trying to do a 531 on top five MMA personalities. It's gonna be me and Chevy talking about our top five MMA personalities. And we're gonna do that at the end of the show. But we got other stuff we'll bring you. Just off spot a little bit here to some of these guys. Randy, I'm okay, as good as you can be. Yeah, man, let's just get back in the saddle. Chevy, let's talk about what we got coming up first. All right. April 9th, we're going to be doing a preview of UFC 273. That's Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. It's going to be a fireworks fight. And then on April 16th, we're going to be covering UFC Fight Night Luke versus Muhammad 2. I'm excited for that one as well. And after that, cards get a little bit soft. We got yeah. April 23rd, we got UFC Fight Night Lemos versus Andrage. So hopefully that card fills out a little bit more based on the main event. Not too promising. So we might add something else in there for you guys. Yeah, we'll give you a bonus. We'll throw something yeah. at your way. Randy, you're our ideal man there. So I hate seeing yeah. this comment. Come with some where's ideas. These, where's these segments at, Randy? Yeah. 
Let's talk about something we were talking about a little off air. We're going to talk a little bit just past UFC Columbus, which was a good card, by the way. There's some good stuff on that one we're talking about. Let's talk a little one championship first. So a couple things. Mighty Mouse was victorious this week. And who was this guy he was facing? But he, the guy he was facing wasn't like an MMA guy, right? He was like a great Thai champion. Yeah, he's a Muay Thai guy. Roteng, I think is how his name is pronounced. But he has, you know, like 4,000 fights. He, not really 4,000. He has like 400 yeah. fights because, you know, they fight every three days in Thailand or something like that. But he's this great champion. He's one of those guys that you see in all these highlight videos, just putting his hands down, letting people punch him in the face. And then he comes back and knocks the person out. They had Mm. a mixed rules match where round one and round three were Muay Thai only. And then round two and round four were MMA rules. Okay. I saw him kick him out. So I'm guessing he made it to round two. He made it to round two. And I didn't watch the fight. I heard that DJ looked pretty good in the opening round as well. I mean, his Muay Thai is, is pretty good. So, I mean, he didn't get knocked out. He did what he needed to do. Took Rotang's back and choked him out, which was probably inevitable. Now, I was telling you too, off air, the chairman of one championship had made a comment that he thought that his heavyweights would smoke Francis Nagano, citing that they're more complete heavyweights and he talked about his current champion who's a great wrestler not taken away from any of those fighters but this is just a lot of smoke to get attention right and maybe even hopefully learn Nagano over with some trash talk maybe leaning back and like you know what I'm saying like, this is just all talk it's right clout chasing yeah for sure yeah. we we had to look up who the one championship heavyweight champion was because we we didn't know who he was so no and he did find the ufc a couple victories and he is a great wrestler and i don't know he's not coming to his own but to say that this guy's just or the whole division it's just right. gonna wipe the floor with uh right francis Gana. i find that very hard to believe francis is you know maybe the hardest puncher in mma ever so i i, I can't see how you're gonna say he's going to wipe the floor. I mean, he's beat some great, great fighters in the UFC. You know, he knocked yeah. out Cain Velasquez in like seconds. Yeah. So I, I don't see how you could make a claim like that, but go yeah. on, Chatri. you know, <laughs> put your promoter hat on. Yeah, the eraser. That's yeah. the one thing Francis has. And Francis is becoming more of a complete fighter. Now, I will say this. It's a hell of a time to make that statement as Francis goes in for surgery and stuff too. And when he comes back, if he's not actually under a UFC contract, because then if he is able to lure him for some reason and Francis is not as mobile or something happens, like you look brilliant. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I mean, they do pay in one championship right. if you're you know a big name fighter. You look at some of the fighters that have gone over there. One championship, make sure to knock them down a peg when they come over. So I, I think DJ's been the only one that's been successful and even he has had to struggle. So if you're these promoters like One FC and Bellator, do you back up like the money truck for a guy like Francis when his contract comes up? Because, you know, is he numbers? He's not Conor McGregor, obviously, in that sense. But like, is he numbers for a promotion like a Bellator or, you know, One FC or another, you know, another promotion? Like, is he just going to mean so much to that company that, yeah, let's get him on there? Right now, as it stands, I would say no. He He's older for sure. You know, he's in his late 30s. Fighting's a young man's sport. So the only thing I would say is if another promotion can get a deal with him where he is allowed to fight Tyson Fury on a contract, that will make his name explode, whether he gets dominated by Fury or knocks him out. You know, that's just going to get so many more eyeballs on Francis and 
the promotion. So and that would be one thing that somebody could look forward to. Yeah, I think so. I think like yeah, he might be worth thoughts on Eagle FC. I'm for all these promotions, you know, trying to make a splash. So another one here, Sean, real quick. Can you imagine the highlight reel of KOs? He could get against Bellator heavyweights. Yes, that's a big thing. So, I mean, to me and a guy like Scott Coker, you know, you get your promoter hat on. You want him to. You want to keep building this guy up, especially if he comes in as the UFC heavyweight champion, never losing that belt. You know, you continue to build them up. And one other thing I want to talk about. Actually, you know what? We'll talk about this when we talk about this past week's card. Um, that Kai Car France and Figueroa comment. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this weekend in Columbus. It was Blade Dawkus. And I believe it off. broke the record for the gate for the UFC. I think I saw that. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. They, they must have been charging an awful lot for tickets to yeah. break Total a gate, gate record. Maybe it was, yeah. you know, for that. For that for that building, yeah. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio, too. I yeah. don't know. What, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, after that London card, we weren't expecting much, but the crowd was pretty hyped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in that Kai Car France fight. Absolutely. What was the first fight here, Mark? I always struggle to despise his name. Casey versus Borshev. Yeah, I did not see that fight. How was that? Casey basically did what I thought he was going to do. He came back, used his, ex- his experience, and showed some wrestling that he hadn't showcased before this because he's more of a kickboxer. But he showed a little bit of wrestling. He mm-hmm. pointed Borshev, got the win. So it was good on him. Lightweight division. Do you want to put him in a guy like Patty? I'll tell you what, I think matchup-wise, Patty eats him up right now. I, yeah. I think just because, just matchup stylistically. Now I don't think yeah. DeCasey's, you know, levels below Pimblet. I just think Pimblet's aggression and jiu-jitsu, he'd get it to the ground, and he definitely had the advantage on the ground. Then we had welterweights, Neil Magny, Max Griffin. I was where I tuned in. Max Griffin looked on fire in the beginning here. He clipped them, looking good. But Magny being that grinder hangs in there. And, you know, if you've all Neil Magny's career, like he's been in trouble before in fights. He's really good at just hanging in there and outlasting and putting the pace on a guy. And I felt that's what he did here. I thought it was a close fight, but I thought Magny did enough to win. Super impressive. And Magny wants to fight anybody. This is a guy that once got smoked by Damian Maya with jiu-jitsu, and then he hit Maya up for jiu-jitsu lessons and started, you know, training with him in jiu-jitsu. So he doesn't have an ego. He always wants to learn to me he's one of the best like as far as like a martial artist goes right like he's just one of those guys he's humble and i always like the guy i'm glad he's had a pretty good career and he's hanging in there i don't know what's going to be next for him but i thought this was a great performance right he's been calling out hazmat so i mean he's not going to get that fight hazmat as has passed him by at this point but he is you know basically the only person that was calling him out so it shows the balls that neil magny has now um, as far as the fight went yeah i think you called it spot on he got clipped early and then just used his experience and then his cardio he put pressure and overcame max it was a close fight i think it was a split decision but i i thought it was the right decision too i agree and then we had uh oscar oscarov versus kai car france oscarov was we said we talked about this fight ahead was a beast and and he had gone through his last opponents and such a great wrestler. Only had a draw with Brendan Moreno. And we thought, okay, like this guy's probably going to fight for the title here at some point. Icar France had that, you know, impressive win over Cody No Love at flyweight. But Cody had never fought at flyweight. But we thought, okay, he made some noise. And now this is a chance. But we thought, bad matchup. But man, so it looked like that in the beginning. Asarov was aggressive, you know, took him down. But Icar France, so much better at defeat. 
and also just able to stop those takedowns. Not all the time, but consistently enough where he was able to keep it to the feet and he was able to execute his game plan. Again, a close fight. I thought he edged it out. And at the end of the day, you know, he might be in line for a title shot. It seems like Davidson is calling him out. Davidson doesn't seem like he wants to fight Brendan Moreno, even citing that Brendan Moreno called him a monkey. And he's apparently Davidson's been on this. He's tours against racism and he's saying that Brendan's racist. I have a hard time believing Brendan Moreno is a racist. I but this seems to me like Davidson doesn't want to fight Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France has some buzz and he wants this fight. He probably looks at it as like an easier fight, whether that's true or not. Yeah, the Kai Car France fight, I just thought that Kai looked like he had stepped up to another level. Like you said, with his takedown defense, his ability to get up when he was taken down, he didn't take a lot of damage. And he just went right at Askarov, showed lots of aggression, and he looked slick on the feet. So he put that pressure on Askarov, and Askarov couldn't really deal with it. So I, I thought it was the right decision for him to get the win. He was hyped up. It was a very good fight. As far as in the future with Davison, Brandon Moreno seems like the nicest guy in the UFC, so I don't picture him being a racist. But mm-hmm. Kai Cars overstep him though. Do you think he's going to get this title shot? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility because we're kind of in weird territory with them fighting a fourth time. Yeah. So one, one, and one. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if Kai did enough. He wasn't dominating enough to overstep it. I, I do think he's next in line. You know, maybe he has to fight one more guy, but I, I would assume he would be next in line after that. I'd like to see them do Moreno, Figueroa in the next few months. And I'd like to see Carr almost wait it out. We'll see. Yeah. After that, we had Brian, Bam Bam, Barbara versus Matt Brown. I thought Barbarino would be the younger guy, aggressive. I wanted Brown to win this. At the end of the day, super close fight. Barbarino uh, got the split decision here. I guess I, it was kind of tough to pick, honestly. I'm glad I wasn't a judge. I really wanted Matt to get the win and just kind of go out, like you said. And uh, I was a little bummed for him more than anything. Yeah, they, the guys did exactly what they said. That they brought it. Yeah, it was the war that we were expecting, that we wanted. Matt did uncharacteristically get tired early on i thought and i think that's ultimately why he ended up losing in that third round he just he he didn't have enough in the gas tank to pressure brian but it was a good fight a lot of elbows in close both guys took a lot of abuse great fight that's exactly what i wanted to see when i saw this fight got booked we got fight of the night and uh, we'll take one fan question here chevy what was your favorite knockout of the year so far knockout of the year so far oh man put me on the spot (laughs) Hmm. i don't have a hard time remembering when things happened trying to think of some of the better knockouts of the year i mean molly mccann one might be knockout of the year i I mean i know that that was like last week but that spinning back elbow that that was pretty pretty nice yeah yeah that's a good one yeah there's so many and it happens all the time that's one of the great things about ufc yeah okay before we get to the next fight i actually have to say this little sidebar about the ufc MMA in general. One of the great things I love about MMA, and the UFC in particular did a good job promoting this, is in the old days when you paid all this money for a pay-per-view and a boxing and you like Mike Tyson knocked him out in 30 seconds. Yeah, you loved it, but it was so many of the people used to complain about, oh shit, it only lasts as long. Now in MMA, you're excited for those knockouts. And I think it's partly because you're putting on a competitive card overall in a lot of the pay-per-views and you have all these different names are built up ideally so you like to finish and and things get ended anytime so it i think it's one of the best things that 
they did is they really play up to that fact. In those boxing cards, people only buy those pay-per-views to watch the main event. That's the problem with boxing. We right. watch from the prelims all the way up, you know, sometimes the early prelims all the way to the last fight. So that just shows the difference, I think, between MMA, or especially the UFC and boxing. Their promotion, they promote all the guys. Right. And uh, and uh, we were talking about this with Sean a few weeks ago, too. Like, you know, there's some great competition in promotions like Bellator, 1FC. But the thing where the UFC gets everybody is just the depth yeah. of competition. You know, the overall exactly. Card. So, women's flyweight fight next. Alexa Grasso gets a rear naked choke over uh, Joanne Wood in the first round. Impressive performance by Grasso. Maybe next for a title shot, but nobody's on the level of Shevanko, I feel like, still. So, I, f- I felt bad for JoJo. Kind of felt this was going to be the way it went for her when this fight got called. The UFC is not doing her any favors. She's older. You know, she's near the end of her UFC career for sure. As far as Alexa, yeah, I think she might be next in line. She's definitely up there next or one more maybe. But yeah, chances are she just is the next to get smashed by Valentina. But we also saw with Juliana Pena that... You know, you can beat the unbeatable. It does happen in this sport. So you never know. Valentina could get complacent and slip and get caught by somebody. So people just need to be ready to be that person. Absolutely. Yeah. That's when she's going to lose someday. Shevanka will lose when we least expect it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Curtis Blades in the main event against Chris Dawkins. Very interesting in the sense that uh, you can remind me, did Curtis ever go for a takedown here at all? I don't think he went for one takedown. No. So this is all stand up. We had Cage My IQ in the comments last week there. And I, I remember he was saying that was the one knock on Blades is that he got a little predictable. And we were kind of saying, yeah, we can see that. But he wasn't this time. You know, he wanted to make a statement. He did it. And I think he's throwing his name out there that, hey, if there's an interim heavyweight title or, you know, a vacated heavyweight title, he wants to be in that mix. Yeah, he called out Stipe, who was in the crowd. They, Respectful. They had, yeah, I think they had trained together at some point in their careers when Curtis was very young. And he said that Stipe just showed that he was levels above him at the time. And, and he wants to test himself now. We haven't seen Stipe in a long time. He's older. You know, you never know when Father Time's going to come for you. A, arguably the greatest he- heavyweight of all time. That would be a big test. Curtis did look phenomenal, though. That being said, I do think the UFC maybe pushed Dawkins a little far, a little too fast in competition-wise. But I thought Curtis looked looked great on the feet. I was so surprised they didn't shoot for one takedown as, you know, unheard of in any of his fights. But he looked great in the stand-up. He didn't get clipped, and the shots he did take, he took well. So good on him. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was impressive. He had a comment afterwards about Chris Dawkins. He said, just because, you know, you weigh 230, he says, I mean this with respect. He said, but I don't think he's a heavyweight, you know, in terms of punches. Mm-hmm. Some truth to that. He was in there, you know, he didn't feel threatened. This is a guy who you think if he felt threatened, he would have immediately gone to the wrestling. Yeah, I don't know about that weight. A lot of people think that, 230 is the ideal weight for heavyweight, you know? Uh, like, I'm pretty sure Kane in his prime was fight around there. Stipe wasn't too much heavier than that. Now, when you go up against the likes of, of Curtis, he's huge and he, he's a great grappler. So that's going to be real hard when, when you have someone that much bigger than you trying to toss you to the ground. But if he adds that le- level of stand-up in, too, 
he's, he's going to be hard to beat, especially by a smaller guy. Yeah. Randy in the comments are asking, when is Joanna Jajacek's next fight? I was actually just looking at that right I here. I think she's just an Instagram model now. <laughs> yeah. Like you look up like Jajacek news on the internet and like the first thing that comes up is her talk about Kobe Covington slamming him for having empty pockets apparently. And then Masvidal and ATG Nation. She's just back in Masvidal. This is all, that's all that's coming up. So there's nothing here about a fight. I know a while ago she said she only wanted title fights that she thought she deserved a title fight. So correct me if I'm wrong. Her last fight was that one against Weili Zhang where her head blew up. It was like, you know, the greatest fight of all time. Right. And that's the thing. So is, she, she probably needed some time off for sure. Yes. That was right before COVID, if I remember correctly, too. The crowd was going crazy for that. Well, I say right before COVID, before like things had gotten really bad. Yeah, March 7th, 2020. It was literally like another like, before, yeah. yeah, things are going to start to shut down. In fact, I think, you know, if you look at her point, I guess it's probably that, you know, if you were in boxing and you had her name and you were near the top and you had a performance like that, they would probably find a title fight for you or a top contender and get it. But that's not really the model. Right. He's always done. Even though she has these losses, they're super close fights. So I, I get where she's coming from, but ultimately, you know, you're such a great fighter. Just come back and and get a win, and then call for the title shot. You know. Yeah. That's the uh, way it works in the UFC. I agree. Well. I think we've gone over enough stuff here. Let's do this brief five through run. And Randy is going to throw his name in the hat here. So we'll have one on the list here today. He's got for top five personalities, Chael Sonnen, Kobe Covington, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, and Tito Ortiz. Going a little old school. It's a good list. Yeah, it's a good list. I want to throw in a couple uh, honorable mentions here, too. I mean, you got guys like, oh, second guys. You got like Brock Lesnar, who's not necessarily a big person. But, you know, he, he had some moments there. I remember like we had that interview after he beat Frick and Frank Mir, talking about maybe getting on top of his wife. And I don't <laughs> I don't drink Coors Light, you know, and all this stuff. And, and right, Mir had a whole, you know, and you got like Ken Shamrock. So there's a lot of these old school guys. Anderson Silva back in the Pride days would do this like Michael Jackson like entrances and stuff too. And then of course there's smaller guys. That I didn't even really think about like, and I don't mean like Conor, I mean like Uriah Faber was a you know a big personality when he first came out. And I didn't think you know the mention, but some of the women, Ronda Rousey. Although you know like, how do you want to find you know charisma because she had a presence and absolutely yeah. Same could be said with Gina Carano, even the Jacek we were just talking about had mm-hmm. a presence. And you know. And then we got guys out right now to Patty Pimblett, who's clearly got a star quality. You could, someone might even argue he's on his list, but I think, you know, you need time. I right? think in the future, yeah, he, he's uh, guaranteed he's be- to be on this list in the future for sure. And Sean O'Malley's a guy that could be right there, too, another one. Mm-hmm. And you may not like him, but there's going to be a few people we probably don't like on this right. list. They're bigger personalities, and Sean is definitely one of those seasons. So in a pro wrestling sense, Sean, I would say he gets a reaction. You love him or you hate him. Mm-hmm. And with the Paul brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'm making my list, though. All right. I, I had to put Conor, Gre- Conor McGregor at number one. I have not been a big fan of Conor and a lot of stuff he's done recently. We talk about Poirier's wife and stuff, but to say that uh, Conor isn't like the biggest MMA personality of all time, I mean, I think he is. I think he's kind of changed the game. And I think that sale of the UFC where the Fatita brothers got out, big part of that was Conor McGregor's rise. 
For sure, for sure. I have Chael Sonnen next because to me, Chael is kind of the guy that was really the father of trash talk in UFC and MMA. I mean, there are other people who were doing it, but I thought Chael was the one who really kind of took it to a whole new level. I remember reading a uh, wrestling news site and not being too familiar with MMA at the time. And the wrestling news site also talked about MMA. And I remember they referred to Chael Sonnen in a wrestling thing as the best promo in all of wrestling and MMA today. And I'm like, this. And I went back and I found Chael stuff. And wow. (laughs) so good his stuff against you know anderson silva and oh god who are the twins from brazil there oh the noguera brothers there like all that stuff vanderlei yeah Oh, Vandalay. Oh, Can't good. let you get close to me. Yeah. Oh, that's still such a great movie. Yeah. I had the Diaz brothers in here because to me, they're just that personality that they're the underground. Everybody loves them. And in wrestling terms, people would say the idea sometimes is you might go to a show and go, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's real. That there's something. Those are those guys. Everything in MMA is obviously real, but these guys just feel realer in a sense. They, when they talk shit, even George St. Pierre was talking about, he ran into Nick Diaz recently and he said when he's approaching him, you never really know what's up with Nick if he's going to like be nice to you or he wants to fight you. And he said he offered his hand, so he shook his hand and it was great. But that just shows you that even George was like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Two other guys. I, I put Diaz brothers together as my number three. My last two rounding up, I got Jorge Masvidal, who went on quite a run, I thought. And big part of that was his personality. Got to showcase it. Talking about the two-piece in a soda when he lit up Leon Edwards. His talk before that, even with uh, English fighter, he knocked him out. That same day there. There until. You know, he had some great trash talk. I think he's definitely up there. And one other guy I had to put on my list. I think this guy, he might fall under the radar or something, but people always call him out. Michael Bisping. Like, I think he's one of those great personalities. And he's done so much for UK MMA in general. If we're doing ever top five MMA badasses too, he's probably going to be near the top of my list as well. So. He's the only guy that's fought with one eye. So yeah, he, I yeah. would say he's probably going to be at the top for okay. sure. Yeah, so my list, I had a lot of the same people. Surprise, surprise. So yeah. I'll, I'll just go through it quick because I had almost all the same. So I had number one, Connor. Yeah. Number two, Diaz Brothers. I'll skip over my number three. So number four, I had Chael. And number five, I had Bisping also. Okay. So the only one I had that was different would be Max Holloway. He's he's uh, not a shit talker, but he does have a presence. He does. You know, he's calling everyone in the division cupcakes. He's going to eat them all up. You know, blessed yeah. express. It is what it is. All that. He's He does have a big personality. You know, he puts the island of Hawaii on his back. He's a great guy. So I couldn't agree with that more. I actually wish I'd mentioned Holloway. But based on Randy's list, I'm going to throw Randy in here too. And your list and my list, the way obviously we do the 5 through one, we look at votes. And I see the common denominators all of us have are McGregor, Chael, and the Diaz brothers. In particular, Nate Diaz made his list. So I feel like, all right, that should be our top three, I guess. We'll be Nate, Chael, and Connor. And I think we know who we're going to pick for number one. So let's talk about how we're going to distinguish this. Let's look at Nate and Chael, I think, is two and three here. I think when you talk about personalities, I think Chael, because Nate, you could argue, is a bigger name. But Nate got to be a bigger name because of that win over Connor and that and that back and forth. Chael, I love the guy, and he's probably underrated as a fighter somewhat in the sense his, his trash talk kind of hurt him in that regard because he lost a lot of marquee matches. And we were like, oh, he can't fight. Well, he can fight, and he's come close to winning the title. But I think at the end of the day, that personality is what made Chael money, and this would got him opportunities that he probably wouldn't have got. So I, I think Chael has to at least be the number two here. 
at least. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent So are we just gonna say Connor is probably number one though? What like him or not? He's, he's, he's got to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah we do, not a fan, but can't yeah. deny he is a personality. He's the personality. Thousand percent. Producer Joe, he's got a little list here. McGregor, Joe Rogan. I like that one actually. Okay. He went a little different. Chael Sonnen, Marinaro, and Dana White. So he some not MMA personalities. I like that. So I'll just say I love me some Morrow, but he's a great commentator. I wouldn't put him in my top five. But you could definitely argue guys like Joe Rogan and Dana White for sure. Oh, yeah. Rogan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, both of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then Randy was one to let us know there is a Michael Bisping. He's got a documentary out right now. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm going to check that it's out. It's on is Amazon. Yeah. I'm at. <laughs> check you got to rent it. You got to pay for it, though. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. We'll figure it out. Guys, I think that's going to do it for this week. Chevy, let them know what's coming up one more time, sir. All right. Let's see. On April 9th, we're going to be covering UFC 273 Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. Not Volkov. Yeah, not Volkov. Volkanovsky. <laughs> yep. Sorry about yeah, that. We made, made a few slip ups in the last episode but you guys didn't hear those so uh april 16th ufc fight night luke versus muhammad 2 and then april 23rd we're gonna be covering ufc fight night limos versus andrage and we'll, we'll try to get something else in there for you guys all right it's been a pleasure to be back at the combat cast we will be back next week and we'll have some few surprises coming up for you here and there so until then see you at the fights all right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 